Should I some of your water? Yeah. Okay, we should start this podcast. Okay. We're very, we're hype. Welcome to Welcome. Episode, episode 37, 37 of Murder Most Irish. We did a Patreon. We did a Patreon on International Women's Day. I-W-D. Because we're women. And we're in power. Pay your reparations to women. Reparations. Give me my six euro <laughs> for the things that have happened. I'd want more than six euro. Actually, I think I probably owe some people six euro for the shit I've done to Me too. I got a call today from the bank. I have from my back. I set up my AB account in Maynooth. When I moved to college, yeah. I had a bank for all. I moved, blah, blah. Anyway, I got a missed call from them today, and I was like, "Bank have never called me." And it was some lady called, "Hi, Emma, it's Teresa. I'm just wondering, we got a request for you to send out um, uh, statements, but I have about fifty of them here, and it won't fit in an envelope." I was like, "This is so minute." I was like, "It's fine. I get, I get e statements." But did you ask? For I statements? asked for an e statement on my on my account, but I think it went through as like a paper statement. Okay, she just just won't fit in the envelope. Send two envelopes, Teresa. Send two envelopes, Teresa. And six euro. Just, in a marked envelope. Just a pandemic. Yeah. Which was so nice, but it's so weird when you got a missed call from a, from your bank. I was like, what did what I do? you looking for statements. Huh? What do you want to think you're looking for statements? Just like to have them, but I don't get them posted. <laughs> I know, I'm so weird. I just like to have my statements. I'm so weird about it. So there's like, a, you usually yeah. can get them E, and I just hit it for electronic because I never used to get them when they were paper because I didn't want them to come to my house. So I was like, at some point. Yeah. But now I just have them because I like to have them. Um. But yeah, she was so nice. God, you're a real adult. I am not at all in the slightest. And we both know that. I never ask for statements. Yeah, I just, I like to have them on my account. Sometimes when I really hate myself, I go and look at what I spent on shit that I didn't need. But AIB do that thing where myself up analyze that on fucking a pie, chart. pie chart. Entertainment, 95%. Mine is Bills. always, mine's always food. <laughs> Mine is food and like they do, like, is it, do they put entertainment? Do they put that under home? No, shopping. It's shopping and entertainment, I think mine too yeah, are. Yeah, mine is always like... Now, entertainment to them is like Spotify. Yeah, Spotify, Netflix. Because I have no other entertainment um, outside Spotify and Netflix. I pay for all of my family's uh, Spotify. You're a bollocks. I'm an idiot. No, I'm, I'm, I, I pay for Do you know what I've um, put on the password? What? So I have two Netflix accounts. All right. I have our family account. And then I have one that I pay for for all of my family. You're a bollocks. And I changed the password recently to see how many of them were using it. <laughs> you get like an influx of text yeah, messages. I got an influx of like text messages and then I had to set up a WhatsApp group where I just sent that the password is freeloaders. <laughs> and then, but you've set it up, stop giving them shit. Um, uh, no, but every time I try to cancel it, the reason I changed password is because I tried to cancel it. Yeah. And then they kept reactivating it because they kept logging they kept in. Kept logging in. I was like, you fucking cheap cunts. I am... Um, I've done three poos today. Why, do you, why are we talking about this? Three poos here. That's not normal. Is it not? No, three poos. I had a bubble go. Just oh, bubble guts are the worst. Yeah, I went to bed last night and I was like, oh, I feel sick. Did you eat something that was bad? I don't think so. No? I don't, I don't know. I had KFC for dinner. Did you eat that fucking gravy? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you did. Imagine you going to KFC and not getting that gravy. I don't really like the gravy out KFC. It's out of Texas fried chicken. That's gone now. Sponsor us. No, they're uh, gone. No, they're in Fingless. Fucking stay in Finglas. Yeah, they moved to Finglas. They're coming back to Crumlin, they told Are they? me. Yeah. When with I went, their, when I their, drove their to their glasses. At the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> and said, uh, here, what's the story? What's the crack? And they were like, listen, as soon as the Crumlin... Have you ever followed that Crumlin? If anybody's looking for a laugh, 
There's a Crumlin Shopping Centre fake Facebook page. Oh my God, I need to look at it. And it's the best thing I've ever seen. They make fake ads and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, Have you seen, there's a, a girl that I follow, a lovely girl that I follow on Instagram called Jennifer and she put up this thing the other day from this, it's called the Best of Crack Era, I think is the name of the Instagram page. When I tell you every second video is Ballier. How dare you? Every second video is Ballier. Doing what? Just pick so people doing insane shit in Ballyvermouth. Like what? There was one guy on a bike with a parrot. Oh yeah, yeah, he yeah. Was, <laughs> he was in the park today. He has two parrots. And like and a dog. Yeah, because he was. And your mom was like talking to him. And he was like, "What's that parrot's name?" Yeah. And the parrot was like, "Who's oh, a pretty boy?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, and then there's another one of uh, you know the, you know where the Centra is beside the, the off license here. What's that off license? Malloy's. Malloy's. It's like, is there a centrist bar or something beside that? No. Maybe it's not. No, it's down further. It's, you know where... There's, uh, a, there's the centre down from Malloy's. Yeah, so the centre down from Malloy's. There's some man outside with a shirt off and they're playing like Maniac <laughs> 2000 with a bunch of scum by Sanram and he's out of his bin and he did, he takes off his shirt and he's like... <laughs> and I was like, I was like, where is that? And I was like, it's fucking body for him. Yeah. The I amount of videos in fire. There's of like videos of like lads bringing little ponies into the chipper. Body for him, man. Place onto itself. Yeah, sure it is. Sure, gas crack. I tell you what, they're the salt of the earth, <coughs> those people, the salt of the earth, right? They hurt nobody, they do not. They look after their own kind. And I won't have a bad word heard about them. Right? Um, but there was loads of those videos and there was people coming out of, like, the guards throwing people out of houses. Let me see if I can find it. And there's this one house. Probably here again. That's uh, crack era, I think that's what it's called. And the guards just rock up to this house and they bang on the door it's like four guards and you could just hear them shouting in, get out get out have you ever seen those videos of clowns getting out of a car <laughs> Sarah what I say about a hundred of them walked out of the house what were, where? they were just having a house party in the middle of the day it was bright people were like walking around driving just a bunch of teenagers and they just kept coming I was like what are they doing and was this during the pandemic literally two weeks ago the guards were like get out Get out! They were just shouting that up at them. And no, for about five minutes, none of them left. And I was like, what's happening? And I just... Did I ever tell you about the time? Streams of them. Me and Graham woke up in the middle of the night and there was murder on our road. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like a school... Like it was a school night, right? So I think I woke up being like, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, and then usually if I wake up, I wake Graham up. Yeah. Because no one can sleep in my house if I'm not sleeping. <laughs> The whole house. They are the rules. Has to be awake. Um, and I was like, here, look, right. So I'm, I'm looking out the window. Graham is like so terrified. He is. He's scared of that. I get it. Of, though. like anybody looking at us, seeing us. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 like, yeah. I'd be opening the window and I'd be like, shut up, <laughs> right? Um, do you so, know? Do you know those videos? <laughs> someone's like, when there's a row when you live on the flat. Or yeah, you know that's that? me. I'd be sweet. So. I'm like, um, she's got like a uh, she had like a hairbrush and she yeah. brushing the plant <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's Sarah that's me and Graham just be like get in get in right don't be at the window don't be at the window turn off the lights turn off the lights I'm just like shut up fucking anybody comes down here and he's like what are you going to do when you come down here I'm not going in <laughs> like so um, there was killings absolute killings as Craig would say and there was someone having like a house party but they were in an apartment Right. And someone had made like a noise complaint. Okay. And the guards showed up. But the guards were like banging on the door, but that no one was opening the door. But all of the people that were at the party were standing on the balcony. And they were just going to the guards, what you gonna do? <laughs> Can't come in. Go fuck yourself, guards. And the guards were like standing being like, 
And you could tell that the guards were like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? There's nothing we can do. We can't win. We don't have warrant. And there was a load of them like, and then every time the guard would like come up and bang on the door, (laughs) the lads on the balcony go, (laughs) like that. And the guard is like, like, I'm going to, like, it must be so frustrating. And like the guard, you could tell they were getting so frustrated. And then it went on for a good hour and a half, right? Yeah. Guards finally were like, we have to leave. Leave Um, leave the, the house. Like they just left. Yeah, and as the guards were driving off, then they were all like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Like they were going mental. But then, about ten minutes later, the guards came back and broke it, broke down the door. Broke down the door. So I think the guards drove off and obviously got like information, information about uh, like what they could do. And I think they were like, "If you see that there's something like dodgy or illegal going on." Um. Anyway, yeah, that's crazy. There you go. That's my story. Absolute madness. Um. How was your week? Um. I don't know what they do. I don't remember anything. Someone got shot in Bluebell. Jesus. Yeah. Stop shooting people. Else. Stop shooting. A lady, 30 year old. Oh. Um, Sucks, man. And then someone showed up at a, at a hospital a couple of hours later with a bullet wound in his leg or arm. Fuck. Um, Imagine getting shot. She got shot in front of her six year old. That's crazy. Man, how? Okay, shooting someone aside, that's awful. Imagine seeing a child there and being like, well, the, the, I'm going to do the this. The child was able to tell who did it. And it was the middle of the day, like it wasn't at night. Oh, it gets in the cradle in the silver spoon. spoon. That's that yeah, ad. By blue and the man, the man the gets shot and the son's like, where are we going? I'm joining the rat immediately. I'm joining the rat. I'm joining the rat to avenge my father. That is. Um, that's um that's uh I'm gonna make a comic and that's literally gonna be the opening. To avenge my father we'll get Colin Straw. We should get Colin Straw little comics. Yeah. We should get him to draw little comics of like our things we say. Uh-huh. How cute would that be? It's Colin Draw. Yeah. That's it's really good. good. He could use this. He does this thing every now and again where he'll take a burst. He's like you, you know that you take a burst. Yeah. And then he stops. And I'm always saying to you Stop stopping. Do but more. It just, it just it's not that I stop because I want to stop. It's because I just run out of ideas. I know, but like that Yeah, but then you're on, like, for me, and anyway, and I don't know if Colin's the same. One, if things get very busy in work or my life, yeah, you, I find you, it difficult yeah, to make the time. Because when, I, when it comes to, like, my me drawing or doing any of my art, I don't stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like that about everything. Yeah. I think it's a sign of ADHD, to be honest. <laughs> um... I don't, I don't stop doing it. Yeah. So then it takes over everything and then I can't leave it and go do something else. I gotcha. No, um, I gotcha. But then the other thing is, if I, if I'm not inspired by something. Yeah. I feel You don't like, really have anything to do. Well, no, I do feel like I'm online looking at other people's ideas and then I feel like I'm ripping them off, so. No, but that's not true. I mean, getting ideas from something is not ripping something off. Directly no. copying it is ripping it off, but you're not going to do that. Yeah, I do feel, you know, you're just kind of... But maybe with the... I might put, like, extra little bits on the Patreon. Or maybe me and Colin could yes, do something on the... that's a great idea. The, um, iPad. I do... And sometimes when we tell stories... So in the beginning when we started this and we would tell stories <sighs> about our lives. Like, there's so many great stories. That about, you could draw. That like, you could draw and do, like, a little comic yeah, book. Yeah, that's a like really good idea. Like, the Christmas Eve's... The Christmas Day story is one of my favourite stories. Colin's one of your own. My one where I was like, get in that trolley. <laughs> in the fucking um, trolley. Um, Colin's one is one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. Um, I was watching something. Oh, do you do have much White House Farm? No, I haven't watched it yet. It's really good. It's on Netflix. And I often Googled it to see if other people hate it. But I really enjoyed it. Is this the man you used to live beside as a kid? No. Tell the people. So, 
My sister messaged me the other day. So we where we lived in England, we lived in Crickwood. In Har- Cricklewood. It's where all the Irish went. So you just see drunk Irish people falling up the streets. Uh, so we lived in Cricklewood and uh, so weird. I rem- I remember this story from when I was a kid, but I think I kind of just blocked it out and didn't think about it anymore. Yeah. And Yvonne was like, do you remember mom telling us? Because my mom's, one of my mom's best friends is a lady named Maureen when we lived in England and we used to live with her. And she was like, do you remember mom telling us that Maureen lived beside somebody that murdered somebody? And I was like, that fucking rings a bell. And then she was like, Bar- Barry and I are watching a documentary about Dennis Nielsen, who is this like infamous serial killer in England. And I was like, I don't remember this. And I Googled him. So what jogged back the memory was, I remember being in my, my, in Maureen's house. We lived there with her. I remember being in her house. I remember Maureen saying to my mom, there's a really bad smell and we don't know what it is. And it was like coming up the toilets and up the sinks. It was atrocious. Her house is lovely, but it was really, really bad. And I remember it was a summer's day and she had really light wood, uh, wooden floors and her bathroom was here and had a glass door. And I remember her, I remember my, her specifically saying that to my mum. And I said to Yvonne, oh my God, do you remember them talking about the smell? And she was like, yeah. And she texts mom and she was like, is this where we used to live? And mom was like, yeah, why are you asking? And she was like, mom, we live beside Dennis Nielsen. That he, my mum was like, oh yeah, that's where we lived. Monroe Avenue, it was called. Yeah. And um, mum was, Yvonne was like, there's a documentary about him on fucking Sky One. And mum was like, what now? And so mom, Yvonne showed her where it was. And um, basically he murdered, oh, it was horrible. He murdered young boys and male prostitutes. And how he got rid of their bodies was he chopped up their bodies and then melted them in lime in the bath and then like flushed it down the toilet and down the sink. Oh my God. And the only way he was caught was because the smell started and the people in the houses next to him were like, what the fuck is this smell? And called out the council. And they went to his house and found it. And when Yvonne said it to me, I was like, oh my God, that it's just the memory came straight back came straight back but I didn't make put two and two together that he was the same guy because I knew David Tennant was playing him yeah in the thing and I didn't read anything about it because I've heard of him before but it's fucking nuts because it just came straight back to me. my mum was so blasé about it yeah that's where we lived what we lived next door to a serial, serial killer. killer Kathleen a serial killer oh it's fucking crazy and a terrible awful disgusting rotten things that he did like awful awful things I think he killed boys as young as like 12 and 13 as well like an evil bastard. Typical man. Couldn't get rid of it properly. Just flushed it down the toilet. Yep. yep. Put it in the sink. Didn't think to himself, this is going to stink. Probably couldn't even smell it. Bit of poopery. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. That's insane. It's crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. Like for all my true crime obsessions, I didn't know that we lived, so lived somewhere that was so close to like... And this is like... That's terrifying. Mm. Like it's isn't it? When I was a kid, I was just—it's just so weird. Maureen was lovely. Um, Meghan Markle came out with her and Oprah. Oprah went. What? What? The new gif of the century. What? What? And then Meghan tried to move on. She was like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." wait, 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 wait. Who was having that Who's conversation? Having that conversation. Oprah, Oprah was. Um, I'd be Meghan scared was going, of my not life. The queen, not the queen, not yeah. the queen, not the queen, not the queen, not the queen. <laughs> I shit my pants if Oprah was around Oprah. Uh, that's I think I'd be cool with Oprah. I would be cool with Oprah. I'd be like, yo, Oprah, what's the shiz? I'd just be like, yeah, Ricky Bobby with his hands. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that interviews. I've only seen parts, but I haven't seen the whole I'm thing. I'm going to watch it tonight. Graham's recording um, for me. I feel incredibly bad for her and I feel incredibly bad for him because he seems like a very decent, kind, 
Do you know what's lovely, Respectable right? Respectable dude. I feel awful for them. But isn't it so lovely to see a man stand beside A hundred percent to be like, I'm not That's dealing not okay. with this. I'm not, I'm not putting I'm up gonna, with this. I'm going to like... Put like change like I'm gonna give up everything in my yeah. life. Like the money that he only had, I know it's like he only has. They cut him off though. He only has he only has the money that his, his mother, mother left him from her inherit his inheritance. And she he said that he thinks she she did that because she knew that this was eventually going to happen, like that her kids were never going to be fully kind of accepted because of who she was. Who she was. Um, I just felt I felt terrible. I felt awful. And then what's even worse is watching English people try to justify yeah. the behaviour of the monarchy. Mm-hmm. There's no justification for it. People who are shocked also, really? You're shocked? That's the thing. Like, the Don't thing, be shocked. Like the shocking thing of like, oh, I'm so shocked. I'm like... Eh, what are you shocked about? What are you shocked about? These people are fucking... Sorry, they're colonisers. This is what they did. They, yeah. they made anybody that wasn't white subservient to them. Why yeah. are you shocked by this? Yeah. Like to ask a pregnant woman to have a concern about how dark that her child's skin is going, going to, be to be when it's born. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. When I tell you someone would have lost teeth. Like what? They didn't have it with her but they had it with, they Harry, had it with Harry multiple times. Like imagine imagine being asked that imagine being asked that question. Like they're excited and they're like our baby's on the way and someone's like so just ask how dark how dark will the child be when it's dark? born? That poor, I just thought, like, I didn't know until you said to me there that she had contemplated suicide. She contemplated suicide. She was suicidal during her pregnancy and she went to get help. And the institution she went to said, it would not be good for our reputation if you came here for help. Which is essentially saying, we don't really give a fuck about you. these motherfuckers think they're the mafia? Do the monarchy think they're the mafia or something? But well, there's like some, welfare there's recipients. Stories after stories after stories. Oh, they're horrific like, people. They're terrible people. Like um, there isn't, there isn't like uh, that shit with Andrew is still nothing has been done. But that's the thing. He like all nothing. that happened while yeah. these were like stepping yeah, yeah, away, yeah. and people were like, "Oh, they're stepping away. How awful!" And oh, like, really? Because you've got raping, a pedo there. He's raping kids. Like, what are you having sex? With children. children. With like girls. And not, not, not uh, underage prostitutes as they like to call them. Children. Yeah. Not underage prostitutes. Trafficked yeah. children. children. I don't think of anything else. But apparently there's a really good documentary on this like art, uh, fraudulent artwork. Yes, I watched it. And Army Hammer's dad, isn't yes, it? Yes, and Army Hammer. It's like someone took Army Hammer and just like with Play-Doh went with his head oh really yeah and they're all dumb as shit and I was like the whole time I was like vying for the girl that did it they're all so stupid she had a Jackson Pollock painting sold a Jackson Pollock painting and Pollock was spelled wrong what and they still bought it so one guy was like how do you feel bad for these people they're meant to be like we know everything about art and we know you know we know we're we're geniuses when it comes to art we know what we're doing and Jackson Pollock spelled wrong Oh my god! But it's like I was watching an interview with Fran, Dre- Fran, uh, Fran Drescher, Fran Leibowitz. Fran Drescher's amazing too. Yeah, but Fran, Fran Leibowitz, and is also great. She, she was saying that like the art world now. She was like, it's not the art world; it's the art market. She was like, it's not about the art; it's not about the painting; it's not about that. She was like, it's about how much money you have and how much money you can spend. It's a complete pissing contest, mm-hmm. and that's what that documentary proves. That it was just like, how did they get away? Like, and even. Everybody that was involved when I, in in it afterwards was like, we don't understand how we didn't see this. They just believed everything this girl was telling them. Like everything. Yeah, but then they were like, the the girl that like sold it mm-hmm. was like, 
she's getting the blame because they were like, how did she not know? Yeah. And it was like, if I was handing over $7 million yep. for something. Question it. Question it. Like, I would check everything. Yeah. But like the lady who was buying the art for Army Hammer's father, father, uh, she didn't get in trouble at all. She went to court and they, and everybody that was involved was like, she knew what she was doing. She knew exactly what she was doing. She was just getting all these fake, pa- fake paintings and shit tons of money for them and selling them off to billionaires. And when I went to court, the the jury were like, oh, we don't think she knew. This is a really silly question, maybe. No, go on. And I have to watch a documentary to find this out, I think. But there's not one of, there's not two of the same painting. No. So, like... So these are seen as paintings that had, because they haven't been seen in a long time and nobody had them. So they had books about these paintings but they were like lost so this girl that was doing them obviously knew that she knew what she she knew everything about art like this girl was incredibly smart and very very talented the girl that was getting the chinese that, man to the do girl them. yeah so she knew what she was doing like she was incredibly smart but there was a, there was two paintings which had been missing for like 35 years and somehow she found them <laughs> and is that how she got caught no she how did she get caught i can't remember how she got caught now Actually, I'll just watch Doctor. Dude, there's a specific way she got caught. I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was something to do with um, there was a girl, a paralegal working for some company for some art company who knew loads about art. And so, when you buy art, you have to have all the information of where it came from, including where it originated from. So you have to have like it's like a birth cert for the art. Mm. But he was like, he copped that one of the birth certs was forged, and he's like, that's not real. Mm. So that's when the kicked in, and everyone was like, oh shit. None of this is real. Ah. The Pollock was spelled wrong. <laughs> like, how do you spell Pollock? Like, come on. Yeah, but that, it's, it's, I was just laughing at it. I was like, these people are so stupid and so rich. Like, this is so stupid. Oh, man. Imagine, imagine being able to fork over seven million for a fucking painting yeah. of dots. Yeah. Now, let's be honest. The one that made me laugh was the two squares. Someone paid like 12 million for it. I can't remember the name of the artist. And I was like, well, you're a bigger fucking thick, aren't you? There is sometimes when you bring me to those museums. <laughs> I have a fine arts degree. And, and you're just like, like, what is this? And you're just like, uh, this is... But I don't really... But I like going... radiator? I like going to... I don't really like, you know, going to like those kind of art shows. I like going to something where there's like uh, I like a fun when thing it's like or like it's thing. interesting. There, or... there was one time me and you went to the Irish Modern Art Museum, right? And... I think you remember it was very recently it was only like before the pandemic we went and there was a show that you wanted to see it was a Kim Gordon see. exhibition yeah Kim Gordon exhibition and then we went over to the other side and there was a room that had old TVs yep. playing in it yep. and it had a distorted audio playing that over it that shit messed my head anyway and I was so uncomfortable yeah there's a lot of those things that I go to where I'm like uh, I don't know what's happening um, and then I read what it's meant to mean and I'm like I still don't understand um, so uh, the other things that make me really uncomfortable especially in the Irish Modern Art Museum and I don't know why because I used to go there a lot when I was in college is whenever they do the rooms where you go in and pull the curtain and it's pitch dark and you're watching something <laughs> remember the time I went in and then it was a porn <laughs> <laughs> it took me a good five minutes to be like oh Jesus when she started talking about his gorging cock I was like oh earphones off we're leaving there's nobody else there and I was like if anybody comes in and sees me at this this should not be here. But they think it's ours. I know, but I was like, this is talking about A lot of the time. I'll tell you what, that Kim, Kim Gordon piece, <laughs> she should be ashamed. Her book is great. I is her book, book great? It is. Yeah, well, it's I'll really tell you what, it's not great. It her makes, art. It makes me hate Thurston more even more. Uh, I'll read her book. Yeah. Um, she's her a new one art, I found 
nothing of no, it. I didn't really understand. That was any value. I the denim stu- skirt I feel stupid in the sometimes. middle of the room. Yeah, no, I that's not stupid, Emma. I know. I do. It's not as I'm like, oh, although she has that print that I really want. The one no, that I they like had the framed. Print. I really want that. Um, so um, things open up on my I like, like the print, but um, I did not like the rest uh, of it. The installation it was like, uh, It was like high school. It's like high school art. So it's like somebody it was in exactly high school. exactly like when I was doing my uh, portfolio oh. for NCAD. Oh, my ear. And they were like, oh. um, it, it needs to have like a consistent tread. Yeah. And it's like teenage angst. Teenage angst. Teenage angst. Teenage, 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 teenage angst. Um, but yeah. Anyway, people in the art world are crazy. They're crazy. And they have so much money. Like more money than I will ever understand in my life. And Army Harmer's dad is supposed to be an absolute crazy lunatic. They're all crazy lunatics. Is um, like they're all crazy. They're apparently, you know that girl that like outed him? Yes. Apparently now they're talking. Sorry? Yes. Who's talking? Him, her and Army Hammer. Talking about what? Because uh, he was saying that there's something. Because then she put them up. He was saying that like there's something quite like sexual about her outing him okay I give up I I'm out I don't know like, washing my hands this um, out like I can't deal with him he if anybody ever said to me if there's anybody in this world that is a creepy weird BDSM cannibal Army Hammer would be the person that I would point to I've never found him attractive He, I feel like he would follow you to your car in a dark car park <laughs> That's how I feel about Army Hammer whenever I look at him. I will openly admit that before oh, all this he's, came he's out, tall and I he's found him very got a jaw and he's, um, you know. There's a number of movies he's been in where I was like, oh, Jesus. But he never came read as like, like I find Johnny Depp deeply unsettling. Oh, yeah, he's I find him in movies unsettling. Yeah. I never as like a kid growing up was like, ooh. I always I think always with Johnny Depp. growing up that he would, thought he would smell. Oh, so absolutely like, reeking, reek, reeking. Um, looks like he reeks, hundred percent. I always think as well for me with Johnny Depp. It's like I always judge. I don't judge people, but I do have a tendency to look at people in their what friend groups they keep. Yes, he doesn't have good friends. No, he has terrible friends yeah. and men who abuse and beat women. So yeah. I'm like, if you're friends with those people and you're super chill with being around them, you're probably doing the same yeah. thing yourself. Yeah, that's how I look at Johnny Depp. Um, um, yeah, and that whole thing between him and that other lady. She got fired, I think, from that movie. One of those movies. The Marvel movies? I don't know. I don't understand any of them. Amber Heard, I think, is her name? They're all flying around. Just doing the <laughs> same thing for 12 films. And everyone's like, this is amazing. It is, like, amazing. it is amazing. All right, Martin Scorsese, calm down. I agree with everything Martin Scorsese. I said, Martin Scorsese, shake my hand. <laughs> if I ever see him, I'm going to shake his hand. Anyway, that's that. That's all of my criticism of this week. Um... <laughs> The Rangers won the football league in Scotland. Uh, so it's a big okay. So Scotland has similar like football. So the Rangers and Celtic. Oh, is this Catholic and Protestant stuff? Yes. Ah, okay. Yes, yes, the, yes. The yes. Rangers won won the football league. The Rangers are Protestant and Celtic are Catholic. Right. I'll, I'll make up a word for cat. They're catties. Catties. Right. And Protestant and catties. Protestant catties. Okay. Uh, um, equally as bad as each other. Um, and what? And does that was their well, advice? The Rangers went fucking ballistic. They won and they were out and they had fireworks and all the rest. Ugh. And um, went absolutely nuts. And was Bananas. Nicola Sturgeon snapping? Was she? No, but then people were like complaining because it didn't feel like the uh, police did anything. No, and they were saying that if it was the other way around that the police do do things. 
Because then Jim from Belfast is telling me this really odd thing, and some of our listeners are from Northern Ireland, but I did not know this was a thing until Jim said it to me. Me and Jim were talking about something, and he was talking about a family where on one side of the family one of the members is in the British Army, and on the other side of the family the other son is in. So two brothers, and they're both on either side, right? And he was, and I'm saying, well, that's progress, isn't it? And we were laughing, and then we were talking about an initiative and work to get a certain to get more diverse workforces okay. and to level out um our male and female dynamic yeah. we were looking for a certain number to go on higher in certain roles right to essentially make our our workforce 50 50 is what we're trying to get to okay and jim was like adamantly against it he was like that's not how like that shouldn't be that that like in terms it should be the candidate not the like not the person not the person yeah and we got into this like debate about it and i was like on one side was like I agree with you, but then on the other side, it's like, it's really difficult in the industry I'm in, where like 97% are, are dudes, male, yeah. and um, so getting the experience for women is much more difficult, yeah. so yeah, it will yeah, take yeah. so much more time to get to a 50-50 right. split. Um, and, I was, and he was like, yeah, but on the other side of it, it's like, these women are going to come in into an industry with no experience, go into these like, because these jobs that we have are quite like high up. Yeah. Go into these jobs where they're really demanding, and they won't have the right background or support um, and we'll have a really dread- dreadful experience and then they won't be interested won't in working back in the into industry, industry anyway, yeah. right? And I was like, well, that's a fair point. But then what we should be doing is if we know that, we should be giving them more support. More support and, and encouragement. Should, yeah, yeah, encouragement yeah, 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 yeah. And blah, 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 right? But then this got onto this whole thing where he was like, yeah, but I've never worked in a... I said, I've never worked in a place where I was told that like in terms of the split... That it had to be this. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like... Well, I, I just have never been in an, a company where they were that, like, adamant that, like, in terms of those roles, the split had to be split, like. Mm. Um, and he was like, well, I have. And I was like, what? And he was like, in Northern Ireland, there was, like, part of the Good Friday Agreement. Oh. You had to, in, like, civil service positions, a percentage of them could only go to Catholics. I did not know that. Yeah. So if you work in the police force, a percent of the police force roles are only available to Catholic people. I and the application would say Protestants need not apply. And he was like, and it still exists. He was like, there's still holy shit. I did not know and that. I was like, what? I was like, genuinely like, taken back when he told me. I was like, huh? And I was like, this can't. And he was like, it is. He was like, like if you. And he was like, and the problem is, he was like, Whoa. those roles are like everybody knows so like the other side in that like because it could be better roles it could be like potentially like um you know step ups or whatever and he was like so all the people who can't apply you now have like a target on your back they're like so he was like people don't apply for them so there's always this gap in it fucking hell that's crazy and i was like that's how you fix anything isn't that insane? That, I genuinely did not know that. Yeah, and he says it's, that the applications say... I don't think we know half of what the fuck goes on up in the... No. And now the, the uh, loyalists have pulled out of the Good yeah, Friday Agreement on the basis of what's currently happening with Brexit. But you know what? We have Patreon. Six euro a month. Yeah, we're Extra sorting content. world problems on that Patreon. Sorting it out, Patreon. 
You wanted it, and now you've got it. It's the official Murderbost Irish Patreon. Hi, I'm Colin, and I'm here to tell you about all the wonders that await you over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish. Sign up and get exclusive access to our Patreon-exclusive mini-podcast, MMI Drive, which features Emma and Sarah Jane driving around Dublin talking shit. It's absolutely unmissable. Colin, cut that out. Well, not at the MMI Patreon, where we leave all the bits in. MMI Bite Size with outtakes and stuff we just couldn't play on the air. You can rock out to MMI Behind the Music and get exclusive access to me, Colin, telling you about all those stupid little songs that I force you to listen to at the end of the episode. It's fabulous. All this, plus a monthly Ask Me Anything section, various monthly goodies, and exclusive discounts to our MMI merchandise store, all for the low, low price of six euros. Sign up now at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish. Okay, I'm just trying to figure out how to work my iPad. This week I'm going to tell the story of the Mulhall sisters. Mulhall. Also known as the Scissor Sisters. And when you Google that... Colin knows this is about me and you. We do do that. We absolutely do not do that. I don't have the strength in my lower body <laughs> to do that. <laughs> We'd be shit together, we would. Oh, I'd be like, oh, Jesus. i just go to sleep. Just listen, listen. Do you want to just rub one out and look at each other? <laughs> I'm calling six episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to write this into my notes. If anybody ever saw my notes on my phone. Okay, hold on. I just have to put this in. Uh, rub one out and look at each other. Do you want to just rub one out and look at each other? Hold on. You want to just rub one out and look at each other? Okay. That's this week's episode. It's the height of narcissism to laugh at your own jokes. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, okay. Right. Anyway, do your story. Like Are you feeling a bit warmer? Yes. Good. Do you want me to turn this no, off? No, no, I'm fine. Um, so, I'm going to start the story. And I'm just going to say, right, so in terms of like this story, it's graphic. Yep. I've done uh, what I should normally do and put like warnings where I'm going to go into trigger okay. warnings. Um, it's graphic, it's upsetting, as all of our stories are. Um, but this one has a lot of graphic detail. Okay. Um, my sources for it were oh. McGill. McGill. McGill Dalley. Um, Wikipedia, Mens Rea, the Independent, and uh, the Sunday Times. Perfect. So the Mulhalls were from Kilclare Gardens, a working class area in Tala, South Dublin. The parents, John and Kathleen Mulhall, raised a family of three boys and three girls. Kathleen was originally Kathleen Ward before she got married and was from the travelling community and John Mulhall allegedly abused Kathleen. Yeah. Their marriage broke down and Kathleen entered a relationship with Farah Swella Noor in 2002. Noor moved into their family home in, with Kathleen in 2003 and they met each other in a nightclub in Tala and their relationship developed like really, really quickly. quickly. Okay. John and John Mulhall took some of his children and moved out. Oh, so he took a couple and she kept a couple? Yeah, kind of like they split and divided. Uh, John Mulhall rented various accommodations in Dublin over a period and then moved back into the home after Kathleen left and moved to Cork with Nora in 2003. Okay. So, Kathleen Mulhall lived with Swally, Swally Nora or Farah Swally Nora in three or four locations in Cork 
city between 2003 and 2004, having left the family home. During that time in Cork, she attended a number of hospitals in the city were variously treated. Uh, she was variously treated for fractured ribs, injuries to her hands, bruising and blurred vision. Her injuries were consistent with domestic abuse. Kathleen Mulhall frequently told lies about how she had sustained her injuries and failed to attend the follow-up meetings in hospitals. Um, and Kathleen and Kathleen and Nora and I, I refer to him because they refer to him as this for most of it by his last name, which is Nor N O O R. Okay. Uh, they returned to Dublin in two thousand and four. Okay. Together, still together. Yes, still okay. together. Farah Swally Nor had arrived in Ireland in December nineteen ninety six. He claimed he is Somalian and seeking asylum from the Somalian civil war. He claims his family have all been killed in the war and he claims that he has a wife and children and that they've been killed in the war and that he had spent time in refugee camps uh, seeking asylum. Subsequent investigations revealed that he was in fact Kenyan and that his family were still alive. Farah was ethnically Somalian, so his father was Somalian, okay. but he moved to Kenya and met his mo- Far- Farah's mother in Kenya. And Kenya, and he was born there. He okay. was not born in Somalia. Okay. The Department of Justice, Equality and Law Reform ordered that he be deported, but he appealed and was granted an Irish citizenship in March 1999 on the grounds that he became a father of an Irish-born child. In 1997, which is before this 1999 case, Nor meets a 16-year-old Chinese girl in Dr. Quirky's arcade on O'Connell Street. Oh, of course he did. She's intellectually and mentally disabled. Nor rapes her and subsequently falls, she subsequently <sighs> falls pregnant, thus giving him his Irish-born son, son that he claims for in the Irish citizenship above. Hold on a second. This happened before he became a permanent So, but the Irish, citizen. when he went forward and was like, oh, I actually have a kid. Yep. The Irish government didn't question that. Weren't like, did you rape a 16-year-old child and get a oh, pregnant? Oh, worse. Between 1997 and 1999, two other women bear his children. All women say it's from rape. In one case, oh the God. assault is reported straight away and the Garda arrived to find the knife that Noor had used to hold a victim hostage while he raped her. Nor had faced eight charges of disorder and assault. Uh, one he was, one he was convicted, and on three occasions, so he was convicted for one of them. Mm-hmm. On three occasions, he was like held and questioned, but he was ne- he never served any jail jail time. So he got suspended sentences for all three of the assaults. The Chinese girl's parents brought him to court to say that he'd. Statutory, like, raped. But she also said that he held her hostage in the house that, like, they went home from Dr. Quirky's, went to his house, and that she, he held her captive, that she couldn't leave, and that he forced himself upon her, that she didn't consent at any time. Oh my god, this is horrific. Um, so he does this multiple times, and in 1999 then goes to become an Irish citizen. And on the Grounds that he has three children that all women have said that he, he raped bore them. out of rape. Um, he gets to stay and become a citizen. And the Irish government was like, chill. Yeah, yeah. come on in, dude. Um, also, the last girl he was with, he raped her. And then they ended up developing this like odd relationship. Which happens sometimes. Um, and he beats her physically and like 
abuses her mentally for oh hey man international women's day she then breaks up with him or gets away from him and he stalks her continuously for a really long period of time um, oh my God. he lies continuously about his age when he meets women he tells them that he's a lot younger than he is um, and he seems to have like a vehement hate against women um, he never serves any jail time nor lived in a number of areas in Dublin including Dunleary and Knock Lyon and as well as the inner city before moving in with Kathleen Mulhall he's described as being violent, very, extremely violent towards women so Let's get into Kathleen's family. Okay. Linda Mulhall was unemployed at the time of all of this taking place. Okay. She left school early and had four children. The relationship with her father of her children had broke up and she got into another relationship with an individual called Wayne Kinsella, who subsequently abused them. So he subsequently abused her and her children. Oh God. In one case, beating the children with an electrical wire... The abuse was later investigated and the children were taken into care by social services. While Wayne Kinsler served a seven-year prison sentence for this cruelty to children, Kinsler himself had an extremely violent history. So he was out on remand. And then she met him? She met him. He then beats her children. The, The whole case is investigated. He's then essentially put back in prison prison. because he didn't follow the terms of what he was out for Jesus Kinsler himself was an extremely has an extremely violent history having been thrown out of school for violent behaviour according to his sister Donna in a 2013 RT radio interview Donna Kinsler said that her brother Wayne was an extremely violent person even during his childhood and stated that he used to beat members of his family including his parents he had broken her jaw on one occasion what in May 1996 Kinsler received an eight-year prison sentence for the murder of a retired auctioneer, Thomas Foreman, who was killed while visiting his wife's grave in Glasnevin Cemetery Dude. in Dublin on the 23rd of September in 1995. He got eight years. Mm-hmm. In May 2012, Kinsler was jailed for life after being found guilty of the murder of the of 26-year-old Dubliner. Adele Esali, and I'm sorry for if I pronounced that incorrectly, who was stabbed to death in a field near Tyrrellstown on the 6th of January 2011. So he's already murdered one person. He then gets let out and essentially abuses these children. He then goes back to prison and serves more time and is then let out again and then serves and then murders a 23-year-old in a field in Tyrrellstown in 2011. Kinsler claimed that the murder, that he murdered Adele Asali because he believed that Mr. Asali had been involved in the killing of his younger brother Lee Kinsella who was shot dead in Finglas in May in May 2006 Wayne's sister Donna said Mr. Asali had nothing to do with Lee's death. Linda Mulhall meanwhile had a history of alcohol abuse and suffered from heroin addiction Mm. and she had one other previous conviction. She had only got one previous conviction in 1993 for larceny. But Linda's like upbringing, all of these children's upbringing is dreadful. They're surrounded by like a mother and father that abuse and physically beat them and physically beat each other. And then her, their mother leaves her father and gets into a relationship with this other man. All of the women are said to be working in the sex industry. Oh. And they're all addicted to drug and alcohol. Oh, this is horrible, Zardine. Charlotte Mulhall, like her sister, had a history of drug and alcohol abuse. 
She has a number of minor previous convictions for criminal damage and public order offences and was charged with criminal damage and given the and given the Probation Act in 2005. She's also involved in sex work. Garda described the girl's upbringing as troubled and tough. All three women had turned to sex work when the family broke up and her father moved out of the family home with some of their siblings. So when the family broke down, the family unit broke down, all three women turned to sex work sex for work. as like a means. It for looked so. as if the father was the only one earning like a wage. The father seems to be the only one that had a job. So the rest of them were just, this is how they made their money then? Yeah. Okay. So on St. Patrick's Day 2005, Nora and Kathleen are celebrating the festivities in Parnell Mooney Pub on O'Connell Street. Do you remember Parnell Mooney's? Super Dodge. Right across from uh, the Ambassador. Oh! Oh. Yeah, Super My mum went in there one time. My mum and my, my, mom and my aunt came up here to go to a gig. <laughs> That's the true story. Came up here to go to a gig. And I said to my mum, I'll come into town and meet you after the gig. And my mum was like, Grant. So I was with Gar at the time and uh, I, I rang her and I said, where are you? And she's like, we're in a lovely pub. Uh, Parnell Moonies and I just went to guard the room Parnell Moonies and he was like what get them the fuck out of there now yeah. and then when I turned up I was like uh, you're right and I tell you how the dodgiest fucker was sitting and my mother would talk to her shoes this man was sitting beside them and he was so dodgy and um, I was like we need to leave and she was like oh it's lovely here I was like we need to leave now yeah, like no. I didn't know anything about it I that hadn't a clue like, like it's really bad yeah that pub is so dodgy it's not there anymore <laughs> no it's gone yeah it's yeah, gone. yeah yeah so they, yeah, in on St. Patrick's Day, Kathleen were celebrating festivities in Parnam Mooney on O'Connell Street. Kathleen began talking to a man downstairs in the pub and Nora became jealous. A violent altercation began and Nora punched the man in the face while holding a nail clippers. So like holding a nail clippers and just was like punching this guy in the face to like actively do damage to him. What the fuck? That's psycho behaviour. Yeah. I don't know where he got the nail clippers from. <laughs> Who carries nail clippers? How the fuck was he thinking? How would you even think that? Know. I'm going to kill you with these nail it. clippers. <laughs> snip, snip, snip. <laughs> the garter were called and Nora and Kathleen were let leave without charge. On the 20th of March 2005, Linda 31, Charlotte 23, begin drinking early on March 20th. So was the drinking lads. Yeah, they were in Tala. They were in their Tala home at, with Linda's 12 year old son. They begin drinking vodka and coke early in the morning. They meet up with their mother, Farah Swally Noor, in the Dublin city centre. They bought... So they, they essentially decide to go in and meet up with their mum, Kathleen and Noor, in town. Right. They drop this 12-year-old off at, like, one of their uncle's houses. Or okay. his uncle's house. Um, And they then head in to meet, like, Noor and, and Kathleen in town and continue on this, like, binge of, like, drinking and taking drugs. So, they meet up with their mother and Farah uh, in Dublin city centre. They bought vodka and drank and drank it on O'Connell Street before moving onto the Liffey side boardwalk where the three women uh, took ecstasy tablets. Jeez, what yeah, a place! The boardwalk, the boardwalk, man. lads. Don't go to the boardwalk. Don't go to the boardwalk. If you ever come to Dublin, do not go and sit on the boardwalk, no. even if it's a lovely day. No, don't go. And you're like, oh, there's some nice little cafes behind me, and I'm gonna get a coffee and sit on the boardwalk. Don't do that. One time I saw a man take a shit on the boardwalk. Just dropped his trousers and shit on the boardwalk. So don't sit there. Don't um, go there. No, don't. So they moved to the sidewalk and then they continue to take ecstasy tablets. 
Nora is not taking any drugs. He is just drinking and he's drinking heavily. And it's said that from like the 17th of St. So St. Patrick's Day, this is now the 20th, that they haven't really stopped drinking. Well, they've gone on a binge. They've just continued on, um, which wouldn't be uncommon for them. So it wouldn't be okay. uncommon for Farah and Kathleen to essentially continuously do that. I know nothing about drugs, right? Yeah. Is that... Take, can you take that many e-tablets and then still be like functional and like still get up and walk around and do shit? Oh, he makes you excited. Yeah. He's not like a drug, right? Yeah. It's like a hoo-hoo, got to yeah. everyone. Okay, yeah. right, that makes sense. Huh? Um, they wandered through the city centre and into the shops. As the day went on, the girls took more ecstasy tablets. Ah, Jesus, lads. Yeah. But Nora's mood worsened and he began to pick fights with Kathleen. So Kathleen pulled Nora up O'Connell Street back to their flat in Summerhill. The two girls followed, but Nora became more and more aggressive towards passerbys and to their mother. Now, this bit's important. He sees an Asian teenager outside the Savoy Cinema on O'Connell Street. And he starts saying to Kathleen, that's my son, which goes back to the the child that yeah. he bore of the rape. That's my son. I know it's my son. I want to go over and talk to him. And he goes over and starts like abusing this chap. Um, and Kathleen is trying to like pull him away. At the same time, a guy who knows him knows Noor, or yeah, knows, knows Noor, okay. shows up and is like, "Hey!" And his name is Ali, and he's like, "Hey, how are you?" He notes that like Noor is absolutely ossified drunk and is like just worse for wear. Completely the belligerent. Three girls are kind of like clearly on something, but like are not belligerent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are able to keep it together, and they're trying to get him away. Nora introduces Kathleen as his girlfriend and doesn't really introduce the other two girls, but they're there. And then Kathleen's like, come on, let's go. We're going home. And then they leave. But Ali sees Nora that day walking up uh, O'Connell Street. I just say, this is the most Dublin city centre story I've ever heard in my life. I know. Um, O'Connell Street also, stay away from her. Yeah. We know Penny's is there, but no. (laughs) Um, So Kathleen pulls Nora up O'Connell Street and they go back to... They're flat in Summerhill. The two girls follow. Uh, the two girls follow, um, and when they go back to the house, they continue on drinking. So Kathleen makes about the house, making drinks for them. But Kathleen then is pulverizes el- ecstasy and puts it into Nora's drink without him knowing because she wants to get him on the same buzz and wants to change his mood because he's being like super aggressive. Um, this is insane. I don't, I don't think that's how drugs work. But, no. Um, this is around. insane. Yeah, he doesn't know. And he, she gives him his drink. He's drinking beer and the girls are drinking vodka and Cokes. As Linda and Nor are now sitting on the sofa, Nor begins to touch Linda in a sexual manner and begins to touch her leg. He, she asks him to stop. So she's like, stop. He then grabbed and said, we're both creatures of the night. Oh, good Lord. She tells him to give it up. But at this point, he's like getting more and more like handsy. He won't stop. She's like telling him to please stop. Um, she tells him to give it up. He persists, persists and he grabs her and he won't let her go. She begs him to stop. And at this point, Kathleen is said to have said to her daughters, because at this point they're all screaming and she's like, just leave her alone. And like, it's just like at a point now where it's about to boil over. And Kathleen just says quietly, just kill him for me. Just kill him for me. And she says it over and over again. Just kill him for me. Just kill him for me. If you don't kill him, I'm, I, I'm going to, he's going to kill me. You need to kill him for me. 
So the next bit I'm going to go into is like an absolute trigger warning. This is not an easy thing to hear. And pretty much for the rest of the story until I get to the court is just graphic. Violently yeah, graphic. violently yeah. graphic. Okay. Charlotte goes into the kitchen and grabs a Stanley knife. She walks up behind Noor and slits his throat as he's holding Linda. He fell over and cr- he crawls towards the bathroom. He called out for Kathleen, but Charlotte comes up behind him again and slashes his throat again. Oh, Jesus. He tries to get up, but Linda gets a claw hammer and begins hitting Noor in the head as he's lying on the ground bleeding out from the stab wounds in his neck in the midst of the bloodbath. They continue to stab him for up to 20 times. This is between the bathroom and the bedroom and it's the flat that they're in is tiny. So he tries to crawl into the bathroom. She continuously stabs him and it kind of happens between like his bedroom and Kathleen's bedroom and kind of into the bathroom. Right. Kathleen's sitting in the, in the sitting room and the girls just close the bedroom door and continue, continue to do what they're doing. So she just sits in the sitting room? She sits and just sits there silently. Dude, what the fuck? They continue to stab him up to 20 times in the bathroom in the bedroom. They then came out of the bedroom holding hands and told their mother Nora was dead. Holding hands? Yep. Okay, that's not creepy. She's been sitting in the living room during the entire attack. The three women, three women sob uncontrollably and wail together. But then they realised they had to get rid of his body out of this tiny flat. So they live in a flat in Summer Hill that's like connected to like another house. It's like four flats in one house. Okay. Um, Where's Summer Hill, Sarah? Uh, you know, if you walk, if you go up O'Connell Street and then take a right past Fibbers. Yes. If you keep walking down there, uh, yep. that's Summer Hill. I know it is, yeah. Um, so... They're sobbing uncontrollably. They now realise that they have to, like... That he's dead. Um, and they have to get his body out, out of this, this, like... Fucking tiny Tiny flat that, like, shares an entrance. So... Getting a body out of it with, with no one seeing was not really feasible. They move Nora's body into the small shower room, which is six foot down the hallway. And they go and get a bread knife. Oh, a bread knife! They don't have anything. This isn't like a, an attack that they planned. They don't have anything and they don't have any money and they're also on drugs and it like they haven't they haven't slept. Like, this is fucking insane. I didn't know any of this. <laughs> Kathleen stays in the living room and she would not see was what is about to be done to Nora's body. The sisters use a mix of a bread knife, a Stanley knife and a claw hammer to dismember his body. It took about four hours to complete. By the time the girls are complete, the flat is a complete mess. They remove... The next bit is extremely graphic. They remove his penis and his head from his body. The penis bit is said to be important because it demonstrates this, like... Psychologically, what was said in court is that, like... They, they were taken away that from him. They were taken like, that away from him. Yeah. They were taken, like, power. They yeah, were like, yeah, yeah. you'll never do... And it's said that, like, he abused the girls multiple times in the time of like Kathleen's relationship but it's also like apparent that he was abusing Kathleen now to be fair Kathleen is no angel Kathleen apparently gave as good as she got yeah um, imagine trying to cut through bone with a bread knife I won't go into the detail no, no, or we can cut it out but like there's a there's a, a whole section about like they used like the claw hammer for like the knees and stuff because they had to oh Jesus Christ yeah 
They remove his penis and his head from his body. Linda, Linda dismembers his head further. So she like cuts it up more? Yeah, she like... There was blood everywhere shivers. <laughs> in the flat. All of the towels and the girl's clothing was completely covered in blood. But now no, now that Nor is in eight more manageable pieces, <laughs> they had to figure out how and when to get his body out of the flat. They planned to dump the body in the canal. Now it's said that Kathleen is the person that's like telling them what, what to, to do, do and how to get rid of this body and what way is the best way to do it. But she doesn't take place in any of it. They need help. So Kathleen uh, calls the girl's dad's dad, John Mulhall. Did he come? They couldn't take a shower because Nora's body was in the shower. Oh my God. So they started to pack his body into plastic bags and then moved him into sports bags. They now start packing his things, but they take his jewellery and any money he had. They left all of his belongings in a bag for the rubbish collection. They would tell people Nor had left and went to one of his ex-girlfriend's house. At 1am, their father arrives. He's greeted by Kathleen at the door and she bluntly told him what their fa- what their do- what they had done. their daughters had done. She says what they have done, that she had nothing to do with it. Oh and that they had killed Nor. He flies into a rage and he throws things around the house. He's furious and he left saying this was far too serious for him to get involved. The girls were devastated but also exhausted as they had not slept. They both went to bed in the room they had killed Nora in. Kathleen stays in in the other part of the house and begins cleaning the house ferociously. She gets bleach and boiling water and scrubs the shower. The shower took an hour and a half to clean. But the girls can't sleep because of what they've of course, done. Yeah. So they get up and they they come in and help her. They begin cleaning the walls and the toilets become blocked because they start flushing things down the toilet, essentially. Gore down the toilet. The first cleaning of the bathroom takes over five hours. These women haven't slept. Like, we're now on day two. They now moved into the bedroom. There was five. There was a five foot wide blood stain on the floor, and there was blood spatter on the walls and ceiling. The women spent the entire night cleaning the apartment. By morning, they were cleaning themselves up and trying to get ready to move on to the next part of their plan of the clean up to get rid of the body. And by six a.m., the doorbell of the flat begins to buzz. All the women women are panicked, and it buzzes and it buzzes again until finally they realize it's their dad at the door, John. Okay. He said he could not change what happened, but he would help them. He begins stripping the bed and removing all the towels. He packs three black bags of items from the house and puts them into his van. We're going to dr- jump now to the 13th of July. Okay. The bags were stored in his garden shed until the 13th of July. John took them out of his shed and was working on a house in Leakslip at the time in County Kildare which backed onto the River Liffey. Okay. He was seen throwing three bags of rubbish and a wheelie bin into the river. Um, <laughs> and after when everything has happened, the river is like fully like the divers go in. And, yeah. t- and they find like essentially a wheelie bin with the number 31 in it, which is his house. They find... <laughs> it's of course. Burnt items and other bits and pieces in the bag, but there was nothing that they can con- conclusively said came from the murder scene. But it, and he says that he 
He admits to it. He says I was fly tipping. Um, but he said there was nothing in it from the murder. It goes to show how like unprepared and they're not like no. super criminals. Do you no. know what I mean? Like he's fly tipping and people watch him fly tip. Like they, they absolutely they don't say anything to him. Um, Jesus. So, at 7am on the 21st of March, the three women left the flat with Linda and Charlotte carrying black sports bags. They walked to Summerhill into the, they walked from Summerhill into the city centre and then down to the Royal Canal on the north side of the city. Now, the north side of the city where they're thrown is right beside our Crow Park. It's also like one of the main areas in and out of the city centre. So it's not quiet. It's like 7am on the 21st of March. People are going to work. Of course, yeah. They walk along the canal and look for a secluded area and they empty their bags into cana- into the canal. They did this continuously. It took up to eight trips to dispose Nora's body. And they had left all the towels and cloths steeping in hot water and bleach. So on the last trip, when they made their way back to the flat, they cleaned again. Yeah. They then, they then dumped the bags of cloth, towels and uh, into the bins outside the flat in Summerhill. Uh, now they started to plan how they would get rid of Norse head because they decided they wouldn't throw that into the water. They decided they would bury the head in a park where they were both familiar with in Tala. I don't know why this decision is made. This would mean heading into town to get a bus across the city centre whilst carrying Norse head in a bag. They headed back to the house. They found a camera bag to put the head in. They made... And then made the cross-county journey. Because Tala is not no, close. No, it's not close. They stopped for a breakfast roll first before getting onto the bus. With a dead man's head in the ba- in a bag. Would it not be reeking? I don't think it starts to, like, because it's only, like, the next day. Oh, it's the next day. But I just don't... Imagine being on that bus and not knowing. Imagine then knowing that and you're on like, that bus. Because this just gets, bag. like, even weirder. They were eating... <laughs> They were breakfast, breakfast rolls. rolls. There's CCTV footage of them in buying breakfast rolls in town on I in a convenience store. I don't think store. I would be able to eat. No, I don't think I'd be able to. I would be like, there is a head in this bag, yeah. sir. Like, I don't think I'd be able to function. No, like, they, like I'm not making eat. excuses for what they did. But these aren't these. Now we're in, like we're now into. Then, like, they've gone and done eight trips to the, the river. Yeah, killed, they're obviously delusional, I'd say, him. at this point. They've slept for an hour and a half. Yeah. They've chopped his body up, which took, like, four hours. Yeah. They've done, like, they have not slept. Mm. Um, it's either at that level of delusion where you're just like, I don't know what's happening. I'm, and they're on dro- massive amounts of drugs. Yeah. Um, so, they headed into town and they got the 77A bus to Tala. Yep. They got off at the square shopping centre and made their way across the car park to the park close to the shopping centre. I know the park, but I don't know what it's called. But people, it's reported as the wrong name because people said it was Timon Park, but that's not Timon Park. No? No. Timon Park is like up the road. You like would walk, like it's a good bit away. It's not. It's, oh, it's not when you get off yeah, the square. Yeah, it's not there. Um, And I know why it's reported as that because I'll, I'll go into it later. But I know the park, but I just don't know the name of it. And in my research, I couldn't be arsed to Google Map it. Um, uh, let's just edit that in. I'll go, the name of the park. <laughs> um, they don't. So they get off the square shopping centre. They make their way across the car park uh, to the park close to the shopping centre. So, you know, do you know Tala? There's a great I big, only know the... like walkway bridge over from the square shop center yeah, I know into that. a yeah, park. Yeah, yeah. That's where they are. Oh, okay. Uh, 
And Charlotte dug a hole with a knife they had bought, brought and buried the head. A knife. Yeah, it's the middle of the day. It's the middle of the day. This isn't like midday. Linda went home from the park at about 7pm. So they just kind of stayed in the park for the day. Charlotte and Kathleen headed back to Summer Hill and Charlotte began drinking the minute they got home and Kathleen began deep cleaning the flat again the minute they got home. She did this continuously for the next couple of days. Jesus. So, March 30th, 2005, James O'Connor is heading home as he walks along the banks of the Royal Canal. He stops at the Ballybock Bridge. Some kids are fishing and they begin shouting at him for help. When he looks down, he sees arms, a le- legs and a torso. He thinks it's a mannequin. The kids saw this. Yeah, they're fishing and they like it oh. comes up. James makes his way back up to the road and calls the emergency services. When they arrive, they fish the limbs and torso out of the river and leave it as close to the banks as possible. Right. And the river is then cordoned off and the area is set up and lightened and set up. The guard has set up a crime scene and the dive team arrive and gather. I feel sorry for these, like, yeah, divers. They gather everything in the area for evidence because they don't know what's evidence. They don't know what evidence and what's not. Yeah, um, like ever, like you know how bad the canal is. Yeah, they fuck everything into that canal. Like, like they got they gathered like cigarettes and chewing gum, and there was like feces that they gathered because it was like close. So they were like, they didn't know what was evidence. They didn't know what wasn't. They didn't know what wasn't. So every single thing. Oh, the guard could not tell who he was or even if the man was black because his body was so badly damaged when they pulled it out of the water after some time they established the man was of African descent and at that time they had 66 names of African men that had been missing within Ireland because we're in an influx of time where a lot of Africans are seeking asylum Mm -hmm. um, and it wouldn't be uncommon for like a number of them to like kind of drop off the radar Okay. so they have 66 names in total that they know are African and are currently missing yeah. in Ireland. The guard to check all CCTV around the area and begin to look for suspicious activity. They set up a call line and tips begin to pour in. And also around the end of March, so this is completely removed to this. Around the end of March, two park rangers in Tala notice a hole and something sticking out of it, out of the top of it near a park bench. They noted it had black hair. They did not look too closely and they figured it was a dog. So they threw more dirt on top of it and cleared and cleared away. I love Ireland. March 31st, Linda decides to go to her mother's. She's convinced that they need to move the head. They don't know at this point that a body has been pulled out of the from canal. There, from the canal. They head down. She walks down past the bridge, Ballybock Bridge, because that's how she gets to her mother's flat. Right. And as she walks past, she notices that the guard of forensic team were there. Oh, shit. So she goes and gets Kathleen and Charlotte and they walk back to watch the crime scene unfold. Kathleen asks passerbys. She thinks, like, it's shooting. She's trying to Oh, so they're herself. not aware that it's... No. She asks passersby what's going on and they said they'd found a body and it'd been cut up. The girls knew that they'd been found and they knew that they needed to move the head. Well, Linda does, but the other two kind of think they don't. So Linda's obsessed with the head and was persistent on moving it. 
The other girls thought she's crazy and around the same time, a local Tala man who visited the park every day and sat on that park bench and read and drank. They just ruined that park from... Yeah. Well, he's also an alcoholic. He went there every day to drink. He's... He made a complaint to the park tenant saying he was convinced it was a head. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And they went to investigate it. I'm telling you, it's a fucking head. Yeah, but, and he even said it must be related to that body they built. They dug Oh, because he knew about that. Yeah. Um, but when they go to investigate, they find a large hole. Linda had gotten the courage to move it. Linda? She headed to Timon Park. Uh, with the head and hid it amongst the bushes. Ah, for fuck's sake, Lynn. She went back she, to another park. She then went and got a bottle of vodka and headed back to the park. She took the head and headed to some scrubland where she drank a bottle of vodka and fell asleep. When she woke up, she began hitting the head in the bag with a hammer. She broke the skull into sections and dug a hole and placed the head in the hole. She then set fire to the bag she had used to carry the head and then kind of like fucks off back home. It's it's bizarre. On the 16th of May, Farinor's friend Ali calls Zagarda and reports him missing. He mm. said he was from Somalia and the last people he saw him with were Kathleen, oh. Linda and Charlotte on the 30th of March as they dragged him up O'Connell Street in Dublin. Ali said Nor was wearing a long-sleeved Ireland away team jersey. Ali has mm-hmm. his facts. And when he saw that the torso that was pulled from the canal was also wearing this, um, along with being unable to get hold of his friend, he decided to report it. The guard had begun making inquiries. Kathleen was questioned at the station. So she goes to the station. Right. She said that Nor had left her and that she had not seen him since February. But she did not let her landlord know until the 25th of March. The guard had decided to search the flat where they lived. Kathleen's no longer living in the flat. She lives across the hall with two other women. What the fuck? The current tenants let the guardie search the flat and the guardie swab multiple areas in the flat. Okay. Garden noted that Nora's bank account had not been used during March and there was little to no money in it. He had also not used his mobile phone. Okay. On the 11th of July, John Mulhall Jr., Who's in prison. This is their brother. This is their younger brother. Right. Uh, rang the guard whilst in prison on a like stolen mobile phone or like a hidden mobile phone. He said he knew the identity of the body of the canal and it was Farinor and he'd been killed and dismembered by his sisters. He read. John Mulhall was immediately taken from his cell and questioned by the guard. He said the following took place. That his mother, Kathleen, had planned the entire thing. That she'd planned on spiking Noor and having the girls kill him. He said he was disgusted by his sister and mother's actions. And he wanted... He said this and then said, I'd like to be moved from this prison to a nicer prison. Oh, so he was using it for his advantage. He's in prison at this time for, like, a robbed car. Like, nearly killing someone in a robbed car. So he wouldn't have gotten that much time. No, but, like... Anyway... The 16th of July, DNA test confirms the body was Farinor because they get uh, some DNA from his son. Right. And it matches. A more detailed forensics exam is then arranged in the flat in Summerhill. Luminol is sprayed over the flat and it was clear that they had their crime scene. 
there are monumental amounts of trace blood on every area of the bedroom and bathroom. At this point, the guard decide to bring in the Mulholds all together for questioning. All four are arrested in early August on the same day and are all put in different police stations. The evidence was put forward and the sisters deny everything. Charlotte said she remembered nothing for the entire month of March. <laughs> Charlotte's like, I was fucking hours. I was being love. Having a rave. Kathleen denied any knowledge of Nora and all three are released. At this point, you know, because at this point, they don't have enough evidence to say that they did it. Oh, the blood and the gaff isn't enough, no? No, apparently not. Um, they don't have anything that ties the three of them. Yeah, there. The three yeah, of them are saying that they weren't, they weren't there. there. The Gardas did not send the evidence book to the DPP. The DPP in Ireland is the Dublin prosecutor or the Department of Prosecution. Yeah. Um, at this point, because they felt if they kept pressuring one of them, it's they give it, they give in, they break. Okay, Linda's the first to crack. She confessed and brought the Garda to the field where she buried the head. The site's fully forensically examined. Well, nothing's ever found. They never find his head. What? It's it's bizarre. Eventually, Charlotte's arrested and charged. On the 13th of September, Kathleen is arrested and charged. But she says she was not there, was not in the flat on the night of the 20th. She denied everything and at that, this point denied the existence of her relationship. She said her children were very troubled and that they should not trust her, trust them. Charlotte gave the Garda a run around. She avoided them for nearly a month, finally saying she'd agree to be picked up by them. So John Mulhall was like, you need to go and speak to the Garda. Stop. Like Stop Linda around. Has, and at this point, they're all aware that Linda's like, confess. confess. Linda's also, by the way, all of these women, like, were let out immediately. Like, they didn't go to prison to await to go to court. They weren't on remand. They were no. let out. Okay. Charlotte gives the Garda a run around. She avoids them for nearly a month. She agrees to be picked up at this point, she's now four months pregnant. She said her and Linda walked back to the flat and Nor- and found Nora dead after her mum had killed him. Jesus, they're all fucking throwing each other under the bus. That she hadn't moved the body to help her mum, but that she didn't kill him. This was all despite the fact that Linda had like confessed everything. Uh, and as she's aware of it. She went back and forth with the Garda, but eventually she confesses to her part in the murder. She said her murderer repeatedly shouted for them to kill him for me. John constantly asked his children to do the right thing. John is caring for Linda. So all of John's uh, grandchildren, which are Linda's children, now all live in the house with him. In December 2005, John and his sons, or some of his family, go out for like drinks in a local pub near their house in Tala. Okay. Linda is out on remand waiting for to go to court. Yeah. When he comes back to the house, so he's like, he's trying to get Linda and Charlotte and Kathleen to do the right thing. Right. Because he's saying like, if you just do the right thing, like we'll all stay together as family. I'll look after the kids. Like I look after everything here. He's got like a job. He's got money. He'll, he just wants a family unit to stay, stay together. together. Yeah. He comes back to the house and Linda like attacks him. She like assaults him. She like 
goes into a rage. She says that Charlotte owes her money. She says that he's never done anything for them. She says that like all of her problems are related to him. She says like you're to blame for like all of our lives. You're to blame with why I'm the way I am and you've never like really looked after us as a dad. Right. And he, to to calm her down because she says that Charlotte owes her a sum of money. He says I'm going to go get Charlotte. I'm going to go find Charlotte and get your money back. Okay. He leaves the house. I don't know what happened. He drives to the Phoenix Park and he hangs himself. Oh, Sarah. In a tree in the park. Oh my God, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Oh, I wasn't expecting that at all. No, it's like really sad. Like this so he whole just family, couldn't deal with it. He just couldn't deal with it, like... His entire family, like from the get-go, his entire family are torn apart. Oh, like this only gets worse, by the way. It doesn't get any better. This is dark, man. So, Lynn and Charlotte are both charged with murder and they plead not guilty in the criminal court. Their trial begins to take place in October 2006. Um, I'm going to go off script here because I just learned about this when I was driving here. Their trial is said to be like, it like open and show case like mm-hmm. that it said that like it doesn't matter if they're not pleading guilty that like a jury's gonna find them guilty yep. that all the evidence is stacked against them mm-hmm. but that doesn't happen okay they they go to court and multiple people get up so uh Farah and Noor's like previous partners get up and say how abusive he was okay um also, but Ali Farinor's friend gets up and says like that he's seen them with them. Um, the girls are net. The girls never get up and give any evidence. They never get up and give a statement. So all of the statements are all based on other people and all okay. based on the information that other people say have happened. Um, because the one they weren't like good witnesses. Their like evidence that they had put forward and their statements that they had put forward were all really contradictory. Okay. But the press like literally say oh, this is like an open and shut. My God, city. they were the press as well with this thing. Yeah. They were having a fucking field, field day. day. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ! Remember all the newspapers, and magazines. Yeah. Obsessed. Obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they show up on the day of like essentially open statements and they don't really show up until like the like they expect that the next day the jury's gonna come in and find these guilty. Right. But the the case goes on for like nearly a month. Okay. And the the jury go in like they the jury come back on four occasions and say that they're like a hung jury, that they And is that because you think do you think that's because people have been saying how abusive and terrible he was yeah. that they were like well we don't really they asked so they asked for uh, just a just as Carrie I believe it was they asked him to give a definition of like a, like provocance and assault and like you know what would like in terms of like someone has been abused yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah like what what's at what point is like the abuse is it, like what, at what point um, is, is it self defence like, yeah 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 and it, the just the judge comes back and is like if you can't if you can't come to a conclusion, and he says this in court, um, then I would look for you to find them not guilty, essentially, because there are multiple children's lives at stake here. And um, 
if that's what you're questioning. But this goes on and on. They come back in total four times. They go, like, if four times they get sent to a hotel overnight. They can't come to a, a resolute response. So it gets to a point where he's like, if you can't come to, like, what's it, like, a fully unified response, yeah. that I'll take the 10, because it's 12, so ten I'll take two. 10 to 2. Um, so, when Linda Mulhall is found guilty for manslaughter. Okay. She before the like verdict is is read out in court her lawyers go to the judge and say and uh, she's like she essentially is going to have an outburst but she essentially is going to like she's so stressed she's now like says that she's just going to vomit everywhere and she's like going to project that vomit in the courthouse she gets manslaughter and her sister charlotte is found guilty of murder like murder like not manslaughter and do you think she got the deal because she pled like, guilty it looks like Linda got the deal because she essentially cracked first. She was like, I'm going to give you this information. Yeah. They were like, well, lessen your case. Yeah. Your, your charge. If yeah. it's usually so, uh, Linda is given like 15 years. Um, and Charlotte is given like a mandatory life sentence. Life sentence. Um, the judge argued that Linda, a heroin addict, had initially tried to halt the trial by refusing to take methadone. Um, and leave to appeal was re- refused for both sentences. So, like, later on, they looked for, like, an appeal, essentially, and it was refused. refused. Linda Mulhall appealed the severity of her sentence on the grounds that it was passed without psychiatric pro- and probation reports, and the appeal failed. The reason it failed is because the judge said that if you can't come to a conclusion... Find them not guilty. Find them not guilty. And that's the reason why their appeals have, like, essentially been... Failed. Yeah, failed every time. Charlotte Mulhall was released, was requested to leave, to appeal her conviction on the grounds that Justice Kearney had put pressure on the jury to reach a verdict. So that's what I just said. Even though the foreman had, so she was like, he pressured them to. But he didn't, because he said. Yeah, no, but he, she was like, that was her argument. But then the judges that reviewed the case were like, but he pressured them to like, do it in like your favor. It would have been in your favor if yeah. they had actually agreed yeah. to it, like he said. Um, Kathleen Mulhall goes on the run. So she's now like, she goes to England and she changes her name to her maiden name. Kathleen. Kathleen Mulhall voluntary. Now, Kathleen Mulhall goes on the run. Right. She does, she does not voluntarily come back to Ireland. Ireland. What happens is the uh, son find her in England. Some they newspaper. track her down. Yeah, some newspaper. These motherfuckers. Track her down. They find her. She realises that she's found. She's now living with her son in England and his partner. She sees that she's been caught outside the house so she runs back in and turns off all the lights. <laughs> and then the Irish papers start to like essentially... Circulate it. Yeah, and then the son's... Excuse me. The son's girlfriend that they're living with or wife, I think... Is like your mom can't stay here anymore. Fair enough. He then stabs her. His girlfriend. Yes. Uh, twenty five times. And stabs her to a point like so violently and viciously, where he uh, like stabs her in the lungs, and she is like essentially fights for her life, and he goes to prison for manslaughter. Did she die? And no, she didn't die. She goes. He goes for attempted murder, or maybe it's. I have to check. I'll I'll check. At I the hope end. she's alive. Um, and at that point, Kathleen comes back to Ireland because her son's now going to prison for killing someone else because of her. 
this manipulative fucking yoke. Kathy Mulhall voluntarily returned to Ireland in February 2008 and was charged with, among other offences, two counts of giving false information to Garda about Noor's whereabouts, withholding informa- information which she knew or believed would be assistance in prosecuting her daughters for Noor's murder. She also is charged with impeding an arrest in the murder investigation. But she pleaded guilty to helping cleaning clean up the crime scene to conceal evidence. And Kathleen Mulhall is sentenced to five years in prison in May 2009. So Kathleen is now out. She's out, yeah. Linda is now out too. Oh, did Linda Gallen got 15 years? 15? No, she's not out, yeah. This is 2009, was Oh, no, she was convicted what year? Uh, 2006. Oh, yeah, she's out. Yeah. She's out this year. Yeah. She got out and... um. None of them, neither of them speak to their mother anymore. Shocker. Mm-hmm. See, the thing about it, this is insane. I didn't know a good 70% no of this because I'm perfectly honest when it was going on, the way the Irish media dealt with it was disgusting. Yeah. Um, this is fucked up because this is just an absolute story of neglect and abuse. Yeah. That's all that is. And that's the thing, right? So when I was reading it, I was like, Jesus, I didn't know that. Jesus, I didn't know that. Jesus. Like yeah. all of these people are surrounded by like murder Mur- and yeah. death and like violence, violence and assault. Rape. And- um, drugs, alcohol, just like, oh, like children, and yeah. just like a mess. And I know so many people that this is how they live their lives. Yeah. And there, but go for there, but by the grace of God, go them because that very easily could happen to them. Yeah. Like he was obviously a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Like that guy was not a good guy. No. Straight up, he wasn't. We all know he wasn't. Yeah. Besides that. The fact that the mother was like, kill kill him for me. Kill him for me. And then was like, I know nothing about this. I'm walking yeah, away from know. this. I'm cleaning my hands yeah. with this. And then went over to England and fucking. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's mad because this is like one of the most, this is probably one of the most infamous, infamous cases in Ireland ever. Yeah. And it made the Irish newspaper so much money. Yeah. Um. Because then all that other stuff, like, they became, like, infamous. Yeah. So then uh, Charlotte gives birth to a baby in prison. Uh, She petitions to keep the baby up until, like, the age of 18 months. Uh, Kathleen, or Charlotte and Linda go to the, what we would call the Drocus, Drocus, what's Irish for hope? The Drocus Centre in Mountjoy Prison. Which is a much more lenient part of the prison. Okay. So in the Drogas Centre, you essentially can go freely about your day. They never go to maximum security. They're never in, they're in like the Drogas Centre from the time they go to prison. Um, which was built in the early 2000s, which is essentially, I watched a documentary on it a long time ago. Um, you live in a house with like, you don't have a kitchen. Oh, it's almost like assisted living. It kind of, but you have a kitchen that you like go and like work in. Sorry, Colin. Um, I just find this but the two of them go there and like are in like because they're in this little community they are in close contact with each other they like maintain their relationships Charlotte has a baby in prison the baby ends up being fostered because obviously she's in prison right Um, she petitions to say that like she wants the baby she wants the baby but then really the standard terms are that if you're breastfeeding you get to keep the baby up to about nine months and then you That's don't it. get to keep it after that point isn't it amazing I, when you told me she was pregnant imagine all that shit going on in your life imagine like I chopped up a man and threw away his body they're after finding it my parents and my mother and, I, and my sister could be going to jail and you're thinking about having the right yeah like what are you doing yeah Um, like 
how are they, it's like they were just kind of going normally. But they still are. They still kind what? of like Charlotte. Do you not remember? Charlotte was photographed with a male member of the prison in the. Do you not remember this? No. So Charlotte was photographed with like a male member, uh, like uh, other uh, male person. I don't know if he worked in the... Per- no, it wasn't. He was an inmate also. They both worked in the kitchen and the photo was him with like a birthday cake and her holding a knife up to his neck. And it got out because one, it was like, on a how did they get a phone? Two, why are you giving like serious killers a Access knife? Access to knives. Access to knives while letting them work in the kitchen. Um, I didn't know that. And yeah, so that was like a ring famous. And then one of them was having a relationship with like... One of the male guards. Fabulous. But well done. That was great. Not great. You know what I mean? Your story was good. The, the whole thing is awful. Um, Jesus, fuck me. It's shocking, isn't it's it? It's fucking shocking, like. Like. At who? least the guards got the people that did it. Yes. That's something. Well done, lads. Well done, Garda. Well done, Garda Shikaloni. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> Anyhow. That's deep. That's dark. That's very dark. Mm-hmm. That's very dark. And the worst thing is about that there's kids involved. That's the, f- the shit that fucks me up with stuff like and this. all of them are like... It's like all these kids are going to be... so all of them, but like so many of them are so messed up. Like that family is... Yeah. Like... Like... Fuck. How? Every one of them. Every one of them. <sighs> anyway, don't go to the canal. Don't go to the canal. Don't go to the boardwalk. Save from the boardwalk. Actually, if you want to, like, we should do an entire side piece on a Patreon. Where to go to Dublin? Not to, to go. Where to avoid in Dublin? Where you're, you're all right to go there. O'Connell Street? No. No. Especially O'Connell Street any time after, like... Seven o'clock. Yeah, don't... Especially in winter. Mm-mm. Um, Don't go there. Penny's is great. O'Connell Street. Okay, go no, to Penny's. No, go to one of fucking Mary Street. Oh, yeah, that's much better. And nicer and bigger. They yeah. did that one up. Yeah. I don't um, think the other pennies is going to last there for much longer. There's less chance of seeing a person shitting on the street anywhere around there. Yeah. Because people will be like, go to see the GPO. Don't. 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 Stay well away from the spire. And the boardwalk. Talbot Street. Down at the spire. Kicking kick a tire. tire. Um, stay away from Talbot Street. Tal- which one's Talbot Street? Talbot Street is when, you know when you're standing at the spire? And oh, you walk yeah, straight yeah. down and it's but covered. Here, do you know what I will say about Talbot Street? Well, walk down Talbot Street to the left. Fishyardo's chipper. Best chips. It is chips. good. There's also a really nice French cafe down there. Yes, sir. That does beautiful pastries. But if you want to see people pissing against the window, maybe don't go there. But it's, the pastries are delicious. Guinies is down there too. Guinies. I love Guinies. Graham's man loves Guinies. I love an old uh, tea towel from Guinies. Oh, Graham's man loves Guinies. Institution. Salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. Go down there now. And also, Talbot Street is the Leave It Out Lady. Leave it out. Yeah, she's that. Leave a plane now. <laughs> um, that's the leave it out lady. Ah, here. Yeah. <laughs> still makes me laugh to this. Ah, here. Leave it out. Leave a plane now. There's that. You know that video. Did you see that video of that taxi man with the lady in the back and he's filming and that kid tries to yes. do him. People keep putting that the the track over loads of videos now. We're acting the bollocks. Yeah, like, she's, she's walking down. But you can hear her on the window now. <laughs> this is my favourite part. It's like, you're acting the bollocks. She's like, I hear. Yeah. You're acting the bollocks. Um, so took out his phone. 
And he, and my favorite part is the noise. Oh, my favorite part is the bit where he stops before Four, yeah. he walks into the van. Is it the taxi? It's a taxi. Yeah. <laughs> what is so funny? She's so annoyed. So funny. She's right though. I'm glad yeah. she got annoyed because there's a lot of people that be like, oh, uh-huh. but yeah, there's loads of videos of people putting that over that guy that you hate, the minister. Uh, Simon Coveney. He's just walking down the street and the mobile phone and the, the, the track comes up and she's and it's like, you're acting the bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> he is acting the bollocks. He is acting the bollocks. Lads, can we get vaccinated? Why don't we get vaccinated? Yeah, well, here's the thing, right? Hook it up they to my veins. The thing. They released figures through the day where they said that like we've 95% in terms of coverage on our vaccination plan right. of where we're supposed to be. Right. Bullshit. Yeah, no, I don't believe it. First half part of the vaccine is 95% complete. That's the thing. 35% yeah. are still remaining to get the second part of the That's vaccine. That's the problem. Uh, we will, like, uh, don't get me started on no, that fucking baldy, egg-headed prick. <laughs> fucking uh, Minister for Health. What's me whole. What's his name? I can't remember his name. Every is time I see him, I just... Company? Every time I see him, I just think about how much you hate him. I fucking hate him. He's, a, he's every blackguard manager yeah. that you've met in a company yeah, that got a role because they knew somebody... Yeah don't have a clue what they're doing and pass all of their work onto somebody yep. else and stand behind statistics and data that's not fucking true. I usually don't go off and around about No, but you're right. No, you're right. But like, you're there to do a fucking job. I just would love... Yeah, so I, no, Simon Coveney is not... So he's the Minister of Defence. I would love uh, the old vaccine. If anybody has one lying around, if you know anyone with some vaccines in their gaff. Stephen fucking Donnelly. Stephen Donnelly. He um, has a face that I'd love to slap. <laughs> Stephen Donnelly get your shit together I've never seen a more egg shaped head in my yeah, life but he's a very get your, stop acting the bollocks um, anyway thanks very much thanks lads wear a mask wear a mask happy international women's day hey and don't fuck murderers don't have sex with mad people that are murder people because then you know make better decisions just buy a vibrator we love if it. you're a man just buy one of those gloves what are they called glove love what a love things? glove love gloves that's called what's a love glove the things is that not a, are you on about the torch buy a torch is that what they're called uh, no but a love torch a, what if that's called? not what it's called I am, <laughs> a pa- I am patenting that idea no what one's seen it what is that called a glove love glove love glove love We've, I no. know the name of it <laughs> I can't, just can't remember what it's called uh, lamp lamp something lamp flash flesh lamp a flashlight. Flashlight. buy a flashlight. oh jeez <laughs> fucking scumbags huh <laughs> Don't, uh, <laughs> anyway, don't buy one of them. They're manky and I just feel like they're not... Any man that buys them, I know they're not cleaning them properly. That's my problem with it. I don't think they could be, could they? How do you clean it? Well, I presume you have to wash it. Oh, here, I want to tell you, I got a power washer. That's how you clean it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how you Blow clean it. Blow the flaps off. That's how you clean it. <laughs> These are all scumbags. I got These a power are all washer. heathens going straight to hell. Um, I paid a lot of money for it. What are you power washing? Are you back? I, I, like, I don't... The, the level of power washer I bought... <laughs> I don't know what I'm power washing. I love power washing. Um, yesterday, I... Because, obviously, I have no patience. Yeah. We bought this power washer. It was the middle of the day. Yeah. Graham was like, uh, sure, I can power wash tomorrow. I said, what are you talking about tomorrow? We're doing said, it now. I immediately when I now. went home. You were taking it out of the box and setting up, and I'm going to power wash the shit out of everything. And he was like, oh, right, okay. Took him a while to put it together and then he was like, Sarah, it's getting dark and I was like, I couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's getting dark. Get the lamp on your phone. It's like I'm power washing the shit out of something. 
Today. Yeah. Uh, I went out the front. I didn't really read the instructions. Oh, was it really strong? I had to, I, I nearly took the eyeballs off myself. Oh, Jesus. I power washed the ground. There was moss oh, on was the ground. Oh, was it smashing back up, flying back it, up into your eyes? The cement came <laughs> off the ground. I think you're meant to wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> it fucking, the cement came, and I had just cleaned the car and it went all oh, over the car. no. And I had to power wash the car. Oh. Um, <laughs> Oh, it went everywhere. I was like, Jesus Christ. Can I come over and play with it? Yeah, it's Yay. so much fun. You can control it from my phone. <gasps> I'm so coming over to play with power washer. I fucking love power washing anyway. shit. Power, power washing washer, steam cleaning. Flesh, like. Power- oh, Jesus. <laughs> don't power wash your flesh. Like. I don't know. I think that's the best. Just have a wank. Or steam cleaning. Do we need all these contraptions? To have a wank? Just have a wank. Or just rub one out? Rub one out. That's not how you have a wank, but. Rub one out, yeah. You're rubbing it. You're rubbing it? <laughs> I thought you were pulling it. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing to stop doing everything you are animals Jesus how do we get into these fucking conversations uh, you're pulling it you're not rubbing it violently as how well how do you give hand jobs don't, don't give hand jobs I've told you this before I don't do that it is pointless do it yourself I don't have the wrist capacity for this like I don't I have small, I get you started look how small my wrists are I, I don't you, I don't I have the stamina I have no strength in my arms I get bored really quickly. I don't get the sound of it. Disgusting. Do it yourself. I'll get you started. No, you won't not. You have it worse. You have worse. I know, because if you're doing that, I know your bones are going click, 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 the whole uh, time you're doing it. It's usually when I have to like move. And then you're like, oh, my back. <laughs> oh, Jesus. My leg's locked. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, my leg does be locking. Yeah, I know. Sometimes when in the middle of the, the sexual intercourse. Your legs are locking. My leg is locked. Yeah, I know. Um, oh, I don't say. I International Women's Day. Stop giving hand jobs. There you go. Problem solved. I like it. No, pointless. Do it yourself. I don't have time. Women's Day. Happy Christmas. Bye. Ah, okay, oh, Jesus, man. Do you think we should get one of those things? What you call it that the podcasters make all the money on the Patreon? Like, dude, don't you think that's like selling out and stuff? Selling out? No way. I hear. Listen up. I tell you all about it. Who knows when COVID's over? Our fans might find there's something better to do So while we're kind of relevant, yeah We better share all of the shit that we don't use But Sarah, I'm crazy Don't be a jerk Just sit back, relax, and let Colin do the work At the Patreon You'll find content at the last day Patreon, where the list of random stuff goes on and on, on and on.